Welcome to the BizTimes MKE podcast and our weekly debrief. I'm Arthur Thomas, Managing Editor at BizTimes Media, and I'm joined on the weekly debrief, as always, by BizTimes Editor Andrew Wyland. Andrew, how are you doing? Very good, very good. Glad to hear it. We'll jump right in to our show this week, starting with our Insider Story Spotlight. This is a chance for us to highlight some of the stories that were available only to BizTimes Insiders this week. Uh, if you are already an insider, thank you very much. We really do appreciate that support. It helps make our work possible. If you're not an insider, please do consider it. Uh, the equivalent of $9 a month will get you access to all of our locked stories, discounted admission to some of our events, and other benefits. So go to biztimes.com, click on the subscribe button, and sign up. Andrew, what is your insider story spotlight this week? We have an update on the couture, and I know people people love to know about this project. There's a lot of interest in it. So the latest is um, we've reached what I would say is the above ground phase of this project. I mean, the, the elevator core has been coming out of the ground in recent months, but the rest of the building is finally going to be now coming out of the ground. There's a massive concrete pour going on today for the first uh, level, first floor of the building. So it's a major milestone. I mean, they've been for really a year, really more than a year. This has basically been an underground, uh, below ground project. Um, they've been doing a lot of things below ground level to, to get this building uh, to kind of prepare and then build the, build the, the, the foundation and the, the underground portion of the building and everything that that entails. And there's a lot to it. You're dealing with a 44-story building. You're dealing with a tricky site that's near like Michigan. They have to make sure water isn't spilling into it. Um, so it's taking a lot of work. And now this project that we know was first proposed back in 2012. So there's been a lot of people, there's been a lot of waiting to see this thing actually get built. And even now as it's getting built, it's been a project that's hard to see. Finally, to the point where we're going to see a lot more of it coming out of the ground. Yeah, that's certainly exciting news to be at this point, kind of really moving closer and closer to reality. Um, we had a story recently as well, um, developer Rick Barrett speaking at the Rotary Club, um, maybe, you know, seeing the first uh, first tenants moving in potentially by um, as early as next September. Um, so long time coming for this project, but yeah. uh, it's getting there. We'll switch over to my insider story spotlight this week, and it's uh, one I wrote today, Friday, about the latest um, jobs report for the state of Wisconsin. Of course, nationally, when the monthly jobs numbers come out, that's always a big uh, news event and moves the stock market and those things. Well, um, you know, a little bit later, we end up getting uh, a state level uh, breakdown of those numbers. And for August, uh, Wisconsin lost 2,800 private sector jobs, uh, which is, you know, I think we had like three or four, three of the last four months or so. We've see, actually seen a month to month decline in private sector employment in the state, um, which certainly is not encouraging and somewhat is a divergence from the national level where we've seen hundreds of thousands of jobs being added. Um, even amidst concerns about a recession and economic slowdown. Um, picture in Wisconsin is a little 
more complicated where we've got a very low unemployment rate. Um, it was up slightly, but uh, it was 3.1% um, in August, um, which is still basically, you know, right around a record low. Um, so very low unemployment. Um, we have higher than national averages for uh, labor force participation. So it's really a tight labor market. Um, you hear a lot of employers say, we'd hire, but we can't find people. Um, and you know, we're seeing that play out in terms of what that means for our economy. Um, interesting to look at some of the data and compare where the state was um, as of August 2021, last year. So if we look at from right before the pandemic through August of last year, um, our job recovery ranked 23rd in the country. Middle of the pack, not too bad, not great, but still middle of the pack. Fast forward and compare just before the pandemic to now, and our recovery ranks 37th. So we've kind of fallen off the pace of the job recovery and our job growth over the last year and, and also over the summer uh, ranks 50th out of 51 you know, states in, in Washington, D.C. So certainly discouraging to see that lack of, of job growth relative to others. Um, we're seeing some wage growth, um, which I think speaks to that tight labor market piece. We rank around 20th in the country over the last year for average year over year wage gains of about 5.85%. So maybe that's helping the case in terms of attracting people to jobs, but certainly it's just a matter of, uh, lack of people in a lot of cases, um, or at least a misalignment of people, um, for, the jobs that are available. Yeah, I mean, uh, boy, it's 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 concerning to see us fall back on the, the national pace of of job growth. That that's a big concern, and um, and to see the labor force, our, our labor force participation rate, which which is one of our strong suits for a long time, slipping. Concern as well. So you know, I think it gets back to this is all tied into our long term trend of. Slow economic growth in Wisconsin, slow population growth in Wisconsin. Um, slow job growth is, is is not what we want to see. So um, that's a big concern and something we'll, we'll certainly keep continue to keep an eye on. Absolutely. Well, let's turn to our big story of the week. Um, and Andrew, this is one I know caught your attention um, <laughs> when it was announced uh, earlier this week. So um, the Brady Street Business Improvement District um, is going to at least study the idea of turning Brady Street into uh, basically a pedestrian street, pedestrianize um, the street, close it down to traffic. Um, what more can you tell about tell us about this idea and kind of where it's coming from? Well, I think it's a fascinating idea, first of all, and I, I'm sure it's going to be a, a very interesting debate about whether or not this should be done. Brady Street, of course, is one of the the main, um, one of the most prominent streets of the east side of Milwaukee. Um, it's a very narrow street. There are all sorts of businesses, um, restaurants and shops and bars um, that run along the street. So it's a very important business street in the city of Milwaukee. Um, and like, you know, the city of Milwaukee is having a lot of issues with with crime lately, and, and Brady Street has seen some of that. 
Um, there was a, a, a recent shooting. Four individuals were shot. I, I believe they're non-life-threatening injuries or, you know, I, I think that's the case. Um, but there was another incident recently where there was a hit and run in which a person died. And I think it was that particular incident that's really prompting the Brady Street Business Improvement District to take this step and to consider the idea of closing the street to vehicular traffic. There have apparently been some issues with reckless driving on Brady Street. And again, I, you know, I mentioned this, this, uh, this hit and run fatality um, as, as the latest example of that. So the idea of closing streets to pedestrians is, is something you hear thrown about once in a while. It's kind of a, a, a project urbanists love to, to talk about. Obviously, there are some places that pedestrian-only streets have been successful. Um, I think people in Wisconsin are most familiar with State Street in Madison, which you know, basically connects the state capitol to the University of Wisconsin campus. Um, is a very successful example of a of a pedestrian only street. I mean, buses do go down that street, um, but you know, regular vehicular traffic can't use State Street. Um, the street, the cross streets, the streets that cross State Street are open, so cars cross State Street, but they can't drive up and down a State Street. You can you can take your bike on State Street, and like I said, the city buses go on it, but that's it. Um, so you got, you know, I've got a lot of cities in uh, in Europe that have this, that have these sort of pedestrian plazas that are very nice experiences. Um, I believe downtown Minneapolis has a pretty prominent pedestrian only street as well. Um, but I also know it's it hasn't been successful everywhere. Um, I know this is something Sheboygan tried. I used to work at the Sheboygan Press um, in the '90s, and when I was there. This was after an experiment had been done to their main street, um, which I believe is 8th Street, if I remember correctly, uh, in Sheboygan was closed, became a pedestrian mall. I think that was in the 80s, and it was an utter failure. It was a huge failure, and they scrapped that idea and opened the street back up to vehicular traffic. So it doesn't work everywhere, Um but it has been successful in some places. And I think it will be interesting to see it tried on Brady street, a narrow street. It's a densely populated area. So there's a lot of foot traffic that I think could be generated. And, and, and if you create a pedestrian street like this, it might be a, ma- it might be a draw, it might be a magnet for people to come hang out and walk around and hang out at on this street. Could be a big success. I mean, you'd have to figure out, okay, how much of the street do you close? Do you close all of Brady Street or just part of Brady Street? How do you deal with cross streets? How do you deal with parking? Um, there are a lot of questions to consider, but I think it's a very interesting idea. Yeah. Yeah, I think you have to also think about, you know, what would be kind of maybe the knock-on effects of doing it, right? So um, if you shut down Brady Street to traffic, what does that mean for um the section of, of water street that, that continues on along the river when, where Brady street starts on yep. its West end. Um, you know, that's a pretty narrow street on its own. Um, that's, you know, become more and more residential with apartments and things over the, you know, recent years. So if you send more traffic up that, what does that do? If you send, um, more traffic, you know, along the, the, um, you know, through some of the neighborhoods around Brady street, um, you know, that's a pretty uh, 
kind of residential area once you get off of Brady. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of houses in there. Um, so what does that what does that do? Just you know, what are the knock on effects of things? Um, you know, there's I think maybe a few other streets in town where they're um, uh, at least thought about or discussed or talked about. You know, um, Broadway in the Third Ward um, comes up. Uh, was it uh, is it Ivanhoe um, just off North North Avenue there? Um, That's the one. Tim Gothman is always saying of, of Newland yep. um, developer. Um, he has talked about that. That's another East side street. He has talked about that many times as mm-hmm. being a street that he thinks should be pedestrianized. Um, but he always, and that's much different. You know, you think frustration that the city doesn't seem to go along. Agree. <laughs> yeah. And those are, I mean, that's three very different streets, right? Ivanhoe is a little kind of offshoot off of North. Um, right. That's, very small. that's that's pretty small Brady, you know, kind of almost, it serves somewhat in some ways, the connector between um, parts of the, the East side and, and kind of more the downtown water street area. Sure. Sure. And then if you look at Broadway, I mean, there's other streets running North South, you know, through the third ward that you could easily, you know, send right. traffic on. Water and Milwaukee are bigger thorough, yeah. you know, pastures in the third ward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but in each of those situations, you know, you think about other factors, you know, like you mentioned the parking, um there's probably enough parking around but it's you know it's not insignificant to take that out um oh no doubt i mean that's 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 a tough parking area yeah um you know how it'd be interesting to to walk down and say okay if we close this street or we close these blocks how many parking spaces is that you're actually losing and businesses like to have especially in milwaukee it's just part of our culture people like to park right in front of the store Mm -hmm. (laughs) I feel like they should be able to do that. And it would be a bit of a shift maybe to have a business say, oh man, the parking space that was right in front of my 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 doorstep here, my storefront is gone. Um that would be that would take some getting used to for some folks. Yeah. I think it'd also be interesting to look at, you know, what's the different I mean those just those three streets we mentioned, you know, how the the success of of doing something like this, um, how much is dependent on the types of businesses you have in an area, you know, Brady, you know, I think a lot of bars and restaurants, um, Broadway, maybe some more shopping. Um, yeah. Ivanhoe has like less, you know, commerce on it. Um, and that probably opens up different possibilities about what you could or couldn't do right, right. Um, from a you know perspective and, and how successful something might be. And I mean, would, does more bars make it more successful or, or not? You know, do you need shops? Do you want foot traffic or, Shops that want that parking right in front, um, all you know, considerations into this. Um, right. But probably even for businesses, even you know, if you if you're taking deliveries, okay, if I've got trucks coming in to deliver, you know, things that our business needs, food or whatever, um, you know, how do you accommodate that? Um, like the State Street example is, I mean, delivery trucks. I think pretty much just drive down State Street and deliver stuff. I think mean, that's basically the thing that's allowed to accommodate those businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, but that'd be something to have to be considered. Yeah. It's probably also worth not losing sight of the underlying reason that this is really coming to the fore for the Brady street bid, which is the issue with, you know, reckless driving and or the recent hit and run and that someone did um, unfortunately pass away because of it. Um, 
So, I mean, there's a the more immediate need. I think it's easy to get caught up in the development possibilities of it and the, yeah. the, the business implications of it, but probably shouldn't lose sight of, um, we certainly shouldn't lose sight of the fact that someone died. Um, and the immediate need is what's, what's going to make it the safest street it can be. Right. Yeah. And there's a lot of public safety questions in, in Milwaukee right now. Um, and it, it'd be interesting to, to give this a try and see, see what it does, you know, and what are, what are the positives? What are the negatives? Yeah. Certainly helps to at least uh, consider new ideas. So we'll leave it there for this week on the biz times MKE podcast and our weekly debrief. As always, Andrew, thanks for joining me. This is Dan Meyer with Biz Times Media. You've been listening to the Biz Times MKE podcast. For more business news and insights, be sure to go to biztimes.com and subscribe to any of our daily e-newsletters and our magazine, Biz Times Milwaukee.